This is Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Primal Screen is about movies, from the ones on the big screen to the ones you stream. Hope you enjoy the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. Hello and welcome to Primal Screen, a show and podcast all about screen culture, from movies on the big screen to whatever you're streaming. We are broadcasting tonight from the Triple R Studios on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation. This is and always will be Aboriginal land. I'm your host, Flick Ford, and joining me in the studio tonight, film critic and author of a spooky and kooky novel (laughs) called Hyacinth, uh, it's Will Cox. G'day, Flick. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Um, Spooky and kooky. Yeah. How would you? I mean, it's it's kind of it's based. <laughs> could you say based on keeping up appearances? <laughs> are you, uh, what's your pitch? Yeah, sure. It's say it's like yeah. It is essentially using the characters of keeping up appearances in a gothic horror setting, mm. uh, a gothic fable, I guess. I I described it as I started off laughing. Uh, Laughing, funny, very funny, and then progressively started crying at the the depth of human emotion that comes out <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, that's the intention. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what I wanted. You Good. destroyed me, Will. <laughs> you really did destroy. I highly recommend our listeners check out Hyacinth, which is available at, a, at, at every good local bookstore. Oh, not every good one. Almost. But a lot of them. If you're in Melbourne, you, yeah, you, you, you throw a stone, safe. you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> And making their primal screen debut, it's film critic and journalist and content lead at Screen Hub, Sylvie Van Wall. Welcome to Primal Screen, Sylvie. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. On tonight's show, we're reviewing Netflix's new comedy drama series, Beef, starring Ali Wong and Stephen Yoon as two strangers in a road rage incident that spirals into chaos. And later tonight, we'll throw some blue shells at the Super Mario Bros, um, the latest oh, brothers. Sorry, I just said <laughs> bros. I was telling myself, don't say bros. Don't say bros. You're going to see than- the red dot now. <laughs> Been warned from the sniper. I didn't say bros. It could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, the latest screen adaptation of the popular Nintendo game with a star-studded cast including a cancelled Chris Pratt, uh, indie darling Anya Taylor-Joy and Jack Black as Bowser, which is is like truly inspired casting, isn't it? Jack Black. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. great, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 I actually, um, as a side, I, during the pandemic, I, like many people, picked up a Nintendo Switch and played um, quite a lot. Of Mario Kart. And I can't get over the fact that Roy sounds so much like Seth Rogen. Who's Roy? Oh, Roy is like Bowser's cousin? Oh, I didn't know what that deeper into yeah. the law than I've ever. I'm not sure if he's his cousin. They're related, though. They seem like similar creatures. They see each other at Christmas. He's not got a cousin really much else. Roy. Twice removed. <laughs> How do you he's know He's got know the this? mohawk, yeah, like the yeah. green, yeah. Oh. oh, no, the kind of raver glasses. Yeah, yeah. Isn't but that I right? think he's got like really... Oh, does he also have a... Yeah, both. Maybe. Oh, no, 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 I know the one you mean. Yeah, Yeah, he's that got guy. like a spotty complexion. Yeah. And, and pink yes. sunglasses. Yeah. 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 I think he sounds like Seth Rogen. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anyone else feels <laughs> that, please. I mean, it's uh, such text like in. a side Everyone sounds character. like Seth Rogen in the Super Mario universe now. I feel like I need some support on this. If you do want to text in, you can. I feel like no one ever does to Primal Screen, but look, now's your time. Oh four six six nine eight one zero two seven. We've never had a controversial topic like this. <laughs> I know, Roy. It's time. It is time. 
Look, um, here at Triple R, it is April Amnesty. It's a time when we do call upon our listeners to show their support uh, for Primal Screen and the station more generally. Um, And you can show that support by subscribing, by donating or even gifting a subscription to a friend, a flatmate or a family member. The theme for this year's uh, April Amnesty is the Forget-Me-Not flower, which is a symbol of love, trust and respect. Um, I think it's worth mentioning we're, we are all volunteers here on Primal Screen. Um, so we do this every week because we, we really value community radio and where we do really love talking about film uh, in an independent space and having an original voice in film criticism. Um, so in order to protect our independence, we do need community support. So if you're a fan of the show or love any of the shows that are on the Triple R grid, uh, please do head to rrr.org.au. Sylvie, you are one of the many Triple R subscribers. Yes. What are some of the benefits? Uh, I mean, it's... Well, you get the bumper sticker. You do get the bumper sticker. Yeah. bumper sticker yeah. on the back of our car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I just uh, – I've always had Triple R on, like, in my life. Like, it's on in the car. It's on in the kitchen. It's just part of every day and I can't imagine life without it. You know, community radio is uh, where I learned a lot of my early media skills as well. So, um, yeah, support Triple R. 100%. <laughs> and Will um, – you know, we've we write across uh, a lot of different platforms about film criticism, but you know, radio is a big way that you talk about your views and opinions on film. Yeah, what's the importance of independent media? Well, I like the looseness of it because yeah. writing is hard. <laughs> writing is um, hard. I'm, no, I'm I, that. I, I just really like the looseness of community radio because we come on here every. Well, you're on here every week, and I'm on here uh, every every now and then, and and we don't really plan much. And we just get on and have a conversation. Yeah. And it brings up new ways of looking at it, new ways of thinking about it in the, you know, just, just in the act of sitting in this room for an hour and um, listening to it's the same. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like we had uh, really great support actually during the pandemic from a lot of subscribers because it was such a mainstay throughout it. community, yeah. Yeah. And Triple R is luckily enough to survive the pandemic uh, ongoing. And yeah, we would really appreciate your support. So if you can afford it um, or, you know, to subscribe and to donate during this time, um, please head to rrr.org.au and stay tuned because you're listening to Primal Screen on Triple R. Our first review of the night, the new comedy drama series from Netflix called Beef. I found ways to manage my stress. You're born, make choices, and suddenly you're here. This is fun! Maybe we're not normal. Maybe normal people are just delusional. You started this. Me? Yeah. Okay, you're the one who backed into me like a psycho. You're the one that flipped me off all roided out and shit. Are you guys leaving or are you just going to sit there? What'd you say? What'd you say? Say it again! I dare you to say it again! Starring uh, stand-up comic Ailey Wong and art house darling Stephen Ewan uh, as Amy Lau and Danny Cho, two strangers whose lives are dramatically changed after a hectic road rage incident. Uh, 
Beef is um, you've got these really two fascinating characters, seemingly at polar opposite sides, but actually quite similar. Uh, Wong's Amy is the owner of a bougie plant company on the cusp of a major business deal, uh, while Yun's uh, Danny struggles to make enough money from random handyman jobs to bring his parents over from Korea, and. Despite the differences in their lifestyles and pay packet, the two are something of kindred spirits in their unrelenting rage and capacity for revenge. Uh, the show also features Joseph Lee as Amy's stay-at-home vase-making husband and Maria Bello as her potential business investor, plus young Mazzino and David Cho as Danny's brother and cousin, respectively. The eps are only like 30 minutes long, so I binged through an entire season in a day or so. Uh, it's a hectic watch, uh, so I'd recommend um, maybe not doing that for listeners who are faint of heart or have like actual <laughs> heart conditions. Um, Will, how many eps are you in? Um, about six. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So I've watched. That's most of it. It's yeah. Ten, yeah. Right? So yeah, what do you think so far? I, I really like it. I really mm. like the um, performances in particular. Yes. I think the two leads are great, um, and the ideas are great, and I love the the notion of the road rage spiralling out and mm. destroying someone's life or two mm. lives. The, just on the casting, the, the, that is a duo, um, you know, Yoon and, and Wong. They're so fascinating because they actually do Birdie and Tuka together. Like they're, oh, yes. Yeah, they're the That's voice right. actors. Yes. So we have seen them or heard them rather before on mm-hmm. our show, um, but still so wonderful seeing them on screen together. And being six episodes in, they're not actually on screen together that much. That's it's very mostly about true. their parallel lives. Oh, yes. Which, okay. How far in are you? Well, just, just two episodes. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's interesting to hear that they yeah, they don't have that much screen time well, together. Well, yeah, because yeah. a big part of this is working out, um, yeah, uncovering who the other person is and getting to know the other person and kind yeah. of being – it's almost like this weird shadow – um, where the person that they are most angry at is really themselves is, and, and yeah. of, Ooh, a version yeah. of themselves. The person that they're angry at is completely absent, mm. really, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. don't know each other. And I feel like if they did, then they probably wouldn't hate each other. Mm. So yeah. the show yeah. has to keep them apart, I suppose. Yes. And while we're talking about cast, uh, as far as diversity goes, this has got to be one of the best lineups as far as the number of East Asians in major roles. Um, the whole show, I think there's like one, Maria Bello... So yeah, the only white person I can oh, think there's of. There's a couple. There's, there's the, yeah. um, the the assistant, the the assistant at the plant store. Oh, true. Yeah. Two. But okay, two out of characters. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all side, side characters. characters. Yeah. Well, I actually think the leads are the best thing about it. I think mm. a lot of the supporting characters, I find it. I'm not terribly interested in. Oh, see, I've got a soft spot for Danny's brother, Paul. I yeah. feel like he's got that fantastic line where um, I've started using actually where his voice message is something like, um, don't be old, text me. <laughs> <laughs> Number of times I have to listen back through voice messages. Do you find though Do you find though that on a show like this, a Netflix show, they're all guilty of this, I think. It's long. I mean, it's, it's short for Netflix. It's only five hours long, but that's still a long time. Mm. Um, and then it starts um, introducing all these subplots and stuff about halfway through in a desperate attempt to kind of spin it out <laughs> to keep us going. Do you think, are you saying this for beef? You Don't feel you like think? That? I, no. I actually think it's kind of – I was thinking the fact they're 30-minute episodes – they fit so much into each episode. Like, I feel like yeah. I was reeling from it. I don't know how, Sylvia, you're two eps in, how you feel. Like- yes. I mean, I didn't actually know they were half an hour long. I just watched it. <laughs> didn't pay attention. And, um, yeah, it felt like there was a, a lot going on. And also one episode has so much 
like emotion in it and you know all the the hallmarks of prestige tv which is like bad people getting worse <laughs> you know and it's it's stressful to watch but it's so addictive you're like i want to watch this train wreck you know? yeah it's a disaster i think the first episode in particular first few are like yeah. really great for that the first episode yes. is excellent in keeping it all like oh God, balancing yeah. everything mm. and establishing everything mm. but yeah. i'm at that midpoint where i just don't feel like it's Keeping my, I don't know. It's oh, not no, my so it drops hold, off a bit. Hold in there, Will. Uh, I will hang in there. But <laughs> I, I also think like maybe not everything has to be many, many hours long and not every show has to be serialised. Well, I think that they take an interesting uh, direction and I don't want to ruin anything um, for listeners. I I think, yeah, it's an interesting. The, the only criticism I would say maybe about the pacing mm. would be that possibly the episodes become a bit too similar with structure Mm. and I think you're at an interesting turning point at episode six because then I think there'll be more of a change away from that or at least a deeper um not criticism um interrogation of these characters okay yeah so hold uh, stick with it for sure I honestly I find this such a refreshing show Mm. um I feel like Netflix hasn't really produced anything that interesting it's also a collaboration with A24 which Mm -hmm. is you know indie darlings uh and just a really fascinating kind of premise. Mm. Um, there's been a bit of a trend, I feel like, in film and television, this whole, like, eat the rich. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. I don't think it quite goes there, though. I feel like this more – the focus seems to be – there's a little bit of that. Yeah. But it also seems to be a lot about generational trauma, mm. a lot about um, the migrant experience, but also this idea of um, the East Asian experience and yeah. cultural specificity of that in terms of, you know, you've got Danny who's sending money over to get his parents back to Korea, um, Amy's Japanese husband and kind of strange inherited wealth there. And there's lots mm. of comments about um, wealth and whiteness, which mm. is really fascinating. Yeah, money. I, I noticed that immediately because, uh, I mean, the house that, she lives in it, it reminded me so much of the house in Parasite <laughs> yes know, right. yeah. movie. Um, but you're right it sort of just touches on it and doesn't quite well yeah I'm, I'm only two episodes in so I can't say with confidence that it doesn't go there yet but um, I, I really feel yeah. like money is the, the the crux of it all like it's this mm. it's the, the thing that is destroying it's eating away at absolutely everybody yeah. And cars at the centre of that. Like it's kind of a independence. And, and a, a status symbol. I mean, she's mm. got a Mercedes SUV, right? And it's a Mercedes SUV versus a, uh, a beaten up sort pick of pickup truck. truck. A white shiny car versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah but I have to say with the pick... But I think the pickup truck is also becomes this, you know, it's the most that Dan... It's his prized possession. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there's a moment in which uh, that car is just, you know, damaged in some way. I won't mm. reveal how. But... That how that chips away at ego is really fascinating. Yeah, and there's also this thread of um, gender politics mm. as well. Danny assumes that the driver of this really aggressive car is a man. A man yeah. And when he does, um, he sort of assumes imag- uh, uh, immediately <laughs> that it's her husband, not her behind the wheel. Mm. And, you know, and, and I think Amy's... Um, idea of Danny is that he's a chauvinist mm. and it's really interesting tension and for both of them it's it's both that leaning into angry being an angry person mm. but also the cultural significance um there's a 
there's sort of a, a comment, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's talking about um, being Zen. And I think it's when uh, George, Amy's husband, is talking about her being this like beautiful Zen sort of creature, which as you get to watch the show, you know that she's very far from Zen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, her stretched fake smile yes. is extremely uh, haunting. I loved a lot of those touches. <laughs> um, she has the, she, you know, like I said, she's in this bougie plant store um and she's got those fantastic octagonal glasses mm. yeah <laughs> just this level of detail yeah um speaking to this kind of you know um just a uh, different world that she lives in to Danny mm. um but also kind of making fun of that world yeah and can we talk about the gun yes what she does with the gun yes <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie uh, what does she do with well the gun? <laughs> um yeah well she she masturbates with it and yeah. I just thought wow okay so this is a person who could be actively pursuing beef in the world because uh, it, it sexually satisfies her. Yeah. <laughs> I found yeah. that really it interesting. It get to the point where she's uh, – the, it's really the only thing that's keeping her going. The only yeah. thing that motivates mm. her yeah. is maintaining this, this beef. Because mm. she has to be so perfect otherwise mm. in her little rich world. Mm. And um, – yeah, and that, that's – yeah, the show surprised me with that because I from, – from the advertising, I just thought it was going to be, oh, you know, uh, Stephen Yeun and Ali Wong get into a bit of road, ra- road rage and, you know, they hate each other and they bicker and I'm like, haha, that'll be funny. I'd watch that. But, um, yeah, it goes a lot deeper and yeah. it's a really interesting character study. Absolutely. And I think it, it's worth mentioning that, yes, the focus is on money, like you said, Will, but it also taps into mental health and well-being. Mm. And um, well-being as an industry is mocked, um, but the actual character's mental health uh, is explored in as throughout the series, which is really exciting. And I think that that idea of ambition and and like I mentioned before, the generational trauma that is really sharply felt, so I was sort of surprised – the pairing is is curious because you've got Ali Wong, who people you know most know her for her stand up, um, which is very honest stand stand up, and I feel like a lot of this character is based on her in certain ways, um, and she's put in this like amazing dramatic turn, and I think it's not surprising that a lot of comedians are excellent at those more serious roles, mm-hmm. and then seeing Stephen Ewan, who people will remember from Burning, which was mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. came out twenty nineteen, I want to say twenty twenty, yeah, like that. Um, one of my favourite films of that year. Mm. Um, amazing film, um, and Minari, which we reviewed yes. on the show. I love um, Minari. Yeah, so he comes from this kind of quite um, serious role, and then he's allowed to be kind of a horrible person on screen. But there's lots of humour in it as well. I feel like they do a great job. Um, the balance of humour is really good. Yeah. yeah, and I thought a bit about the intertextuality of the casting because you've got, you know, how you know those people. The intertextuality also comes out in those intertitles that the titles that they've got, where they have um, really chaotic episode names. It's Did you notice visually that? really beautiful. The aesthetic yeah. of it is beautiful. The titles and the yeah. uh, the, the actual opening titles and the names of the episodes, mm. which are I'll give you a couple. Um, the birds don't sing; they screech in pain. Yeah, wow. Um, I am inhabited <laughs> by a cry. And they come uh, up over paintings, right? Yes. Mm. Which I thought yeah. was very White Lotus as well. Yes, yes. Which again touches on, yeah, obviously wealth as a Yeah, it's a very a contemporary, it's a very current aesthetic. It is. Very yeah. A24. Yeah. It another, is very A24, Another yeah. real aesthetic choice that they made, as we've already touched on because we heard Tori Amos, is the n- late 90s pop radio soundtrack. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what's happening there. See, okay. But it works. Yeah. 
it gives it a unique feel, but I'm not quite sure why. Do you? I've, I've been listening to the soundtrack most of the afternoon and I think that it actually, having watched the season in its entirety, I think it taps into characters that are frozen in time. Mm. So they've made decisions and they are continually returning to it. So, so I think a lot of the anger comes from the, like I said, generational trauma, but also within their own histories, what they keep returning to and moments in which they got. Um, so they're trapped in pop nostalgia? The, yeah, <laughs> right, well, they're, okay. they're yep. trapped. And also these songs, you go back through the song list, so many of them are about being um, taken advantage of or feeling angry or acting out. Like Cornflake Girl is, um, it's got a, a long history, and Tori Amos is referencing, um, it's to do with actually women who, young girls who have, uh, genital mutilation done and the women who um, will seem kind but actually are assisting in those processes. So that's what Cornflake Girl means. Oh, gosh. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, uh, so, and you've got these songs and then you've got these really like kind of angry uh, songs, uh, kind of these, I'm sorry, I'm just like blanking on the band's name now. <laughs> but you've got all these like ni- key 90s tracks yeah. and they're usually connected up with um, male anger. And so I thought that was a really interesting mm. pairing. So I think it's it's both speaking to Amy and Danny's past of mm. being ch- – because they do go back. There's a bit of um, time play as well. Mm. So that's my theory on the soundtrack. I actually have been really enjoying that the 90s are becoming such a fresh source of um, – Nostalgia. Nostalgia, yeah. yeah the very, fodder. It's of... very creepy to me. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's cyclical, like it would yeah. have happened at some point and yeah, yeah. it makes sense. It was always going to happen, <laughs> yeah. it just means now everybody around this table is old. <laughs> I know. We um, we discussed of an age um, uh, last week, was it? Uh, maybe the week before, I'm getting confused. Um, so played a lot of 90s tracks for yeah. that one. So people who do, do tune into this will like, yeah, yeah, be confused. Set, set about 98 or 99 or something in the mm, beginning, wasn't 99, it? 99, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, rec- I very much recommend checking out Beef. It is stressful. Um, Sylvie? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. I can't wait to watch the rest. Mm. Will? I'm going to keep watching it, but I'm not like... I'm uh, not totally hooked by it. It okay. just feels like a little bit too much like the, just the usual Netflix fare to me. I don't know. Great cast, though. Yes. Great performances. I think worth sticking with it. Okay. With it. I'll stick um, with it. Yeah, I'll be keen to hear your thoughts. Um, if you do want to check out Beef, it is currently streaming on Netflix. It's now time for our second uh, review of the night. It is, of course, the latest screen adaptation of the iconic Nintendo video game franchise, the Super Mario Brothers movie. There's a huge universe out there with a lot of galaxies. They're all counting on us. No pressure. 
So much like the universe of galaxies that are counting on our hero Mario to save the day, there's an entire universe and, and possibly Twitterverse of Mario superfans who are counting on this latest screen adaptation to capture the joy and nostalgia of Super Mario. Sylvie, in a recent uh, review of the Super Mario Brothers movie in Screen Hub, you confess to being, quote, a Nintendo freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into your review... Um, what were your expectations of this film? I'm guessing you lived through the 1993 uh, live-action version, right? Uh, I haven't actually seen that one. Oh, yeah. one to watch. I would have been about two years old when oh, it came okay. out, so that's my excuse. It's a very good excuse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't easy to find for a long time because they really want to bury it. Right, <laughs> yes. Although I do uh, – I, I know of a really um, – infamous anecdote from Bob Hoskins you probably have heard it it's been doing the rounds on Twitter recently um, where he confessed that he didn't know that it was based on a a game when he made that movie and then I think his kids or, or nieces and nephews told him and he was like oh great and then they they showed him the game and he's like uh okay and so I'm this little thing jumping around they're like yeah and he's like well, I used to do King Lear, so <laughs> great. <laughs> I, think there, I think there are a lot of people who had played the game who saw yeah. that 1993 version and came out very confused as to how it was based yeah, on the game. Yeah, it looks it, wacky. It is really, yes. it's very strange. I, yeah. I, I have, it. well, I watched it, but I would have watched it back in like 93, 94, so it is a very distant memory. Uh, I kind of had that weird like almost fever dream memory of it and the monsters particularly, I don't even know who they're meant to be in it. Are they? Well, yeah, what's the, with the dinosaurs? I yeah. don't know. Where did sense. that come from? They're just like, dinosaurs are cool. Let's throw them in. Shut them in. <laughs> really... It was 93, Jurassic Park yeah. came in. Uh, yeah, So I true. guess that was it. Yeah. There you go. They mm. thought it was hot ticket. Um, but Sylvia, yeah, what were, you, were you excited <laughs> about the Super Mario Brothers film? Okay, well, first of all... Um, I am actually part of a group chat on Facebook where we're all like Nintendo freaks. And oh, we, that's uh, next level. We coordinate like uh, Super Smash Bros. fights, <laughs> you know, and like, are you online? Cool, let's play Mario Kart. Um, so we were all getting hyped for the yeah. movie just as like uh, an activity to go and do something together. Like we're adults in our 30s. Some of us have kids. <laughs> we're just like, oh, great, this will be a good excuse, you know. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. Um but I must say, like, I was kind of expecting it to be average. I didn't expect it to be amazing. Had you seen the trailer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was yeah abreast of all the news and <laughs> keeping up with the casting announcements and the Chris Pratt controversy. Um, <laughs> should we? Should we? Should we get into that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I know mainly it was just that why Chris Pratt when you have. <laughs> The original voice actor of, of Mario, Charles Martinet, or still around. Almost any other actor. Anyone. Yeah. Literally anyone. <laughs> also, like, he, he's been cancelled for a while now. I, I know that sometimes these deals are made well in advance of such cancellations, yeah. but it always seems strange when it's for a kid's film where you're like, really, that guy? No one's ever permanently cancelled is something I've learnt. <laughs> yeah. And we're now in the sort of thing of the whole, like, the sorry, the Instagram post, like the public apology and yes. the, the heroicism of that, which... Yes. Uh, is a whole nother phase. I um I found a fantastic quote from one of the original cast members, um, whose name I feel oh, like John Leguizamo. Yeah, ah. yeah. 
No, I will not be watching Super Mario Brothers. They could have included a Latin character like I was, groundbreaking, like I was groundbreaking, and then they stopped the groundbreaking. They messed up the inclusion. They disincluded. Just cast some Latin folk. We're 20% of the population, the largest people of colour group, and we're underrepresented. Overrepresented for the worst kind of jobs, though. So... Shout Whoa. out to John for that uh, spicy take. Um, Luigi kind of agree in the with original you, film. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, really strange casting uh, decision. Mm. Uh, American white guy. It's come straight from the Lego movie, I think. Obviously, yeah. they've gone, okay, well, this is another existing IP that um, they've taken and made into, uh, yeah, a decent 90-minute kids film. And I, I liked the Lego movie. I thought it was mm. a lot of fun. And for something that was taken from just, like, bricks that you – click together yeah um they do a great job with that and that that, yeah that film you don't ever have to have played with lego (laughs) to enjoy that film immensely i suppose because it has it (laughs) yeah true but it's a it's a narrative in its own sense and now Mm. i i full disclosure i had not had an opportunity to watch super mother super mario brothers film uh but i Things I've heard online have been that the nah, there's not much of a story. True no. or false? Uh, true. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, look, as Sylvie and I have seen it, um, we'll yes. talk a little bit about the plot. Mm, please. Or lack thereof. It's a string of set pieces. Um, right. It, it, it's, it jumps from um, things that you'll recognise from the video games. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that somebody will say something really perfunctory. Um, uh, for instance, I've written some of the dialogue down. The script is... is um, <laughs> Do you need me to play it? Do we, are we casting now? Turgid. The script is turgid. It's like picking your player. Yeah. So um, Bowser finds the, um, the MacGuffin, the, the, which yeah. is a star. The, and the invincibility says, star that yeah. you can get every five seconds in Mario Kart, but apparently there's only one. But he finds it and he says, I finally found it. Now nobody can stop me, which oh. is not something that anybody would say. Toad <laughs> says to Mario, our big adventure starts now. Also, what big adventure? Like, he just met him, right? Bowser <laughs> In that again, scene? Yeah. later on says, says to Mario, as you can see, I have the superstar. What? Great. It, it was this script written by AI? <laughs> yes, actually, Possibly. I had the same thought. That's, that's, that I, I could, wrote that in my notes during be. the film. Like, Chat GPT, yeah, give me a Mario script. Yeah. I'm getting, I, yeah, yeah. I'm getting <laughs> suspicious, like, retrospectively for certain films and TV shows that I've watched where the scripting has been so bad or the conversation mm-hmm. so bad when I'm like, surely this was written by AI. Surely, yeah. it was, surely a human wrote this at some point. Mm. But, I mean, what it reads like is a first draft. Like yeah. they go, oh, these are the agreed upon set pieces. These are the beats they, they have to hit. Yeah, this is mm, the Donkey Kong yeah. bit and uh-huh. then this is the Rainbow Road bit, uh-huh. the Mario Kart bit, and then we have to do this and this and somebody just writes some connective tissue and so they just write this really stringy, placeholdery bits of nothing. Yeah, and um, Princess Peach has to be there, so she is. So she's, she's just there. She's just there. Yeah. And really strange casting, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. I, yeah, what's she doing there? You know what? I don't know that she works that well uh, as just a voice. She's obviously a very striking-looking person, yeah. uh, best known for, like we already mentioned, A24 tonight, but yes. she is a bit of an A24 darling. Uh, yeah, just a very beautiful actor. Mm. Uh voice acting though she's got quite a flat voice um 
just a really interesting choice. I was surprised to see her on there. It seems like let's just throw lots of big names at this exactly. project. Exactly. It's, it's misguided star power yeah. stuff mm. and probably trying to get the A24 crowd. Yeah. Trying to get the internet excited, I think. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I feel like Charlie Day is Luigi. Yeah. As well. Great, great uh, comedy performer. Mm. I don't know if anybody has anything to do here. Nobody mm. really, everybody's sort of giving it their all, but there's nothing to do. No, because you can't change the characters. They're set in stone by Nintendo. You, mm. you absolutely cannot change their, their law or their look. Which so... is a really interesting point of comparison with the 1993 movie where they yeah. change practically everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and, the, and the Miyamoto, the, that's the guy's name, right? Yeah. The guy who created Super Mario. Yeah. He was on board with it. He was like, oh, cool. Yeah, make it, make it like Blade Runner. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but um, the only person I think that... but I mean. I'm not talking about changing the characters. I'm just talking about maybe getting a good line in every now and then. Maybe mm. if someone says something funny because it's supposed to be a comedy, mm. there are no f- jokes. I mean, no. it, the only exception to me is is Jack Black as Bowser, who yeah. his dialogue and his performance is so many levels above everyone else that I can only assume he rewrote bits of he re- rewrote it himself. Quite right. possibly, I'm yeah. Sure he wrote the song that he he definitely did. Like, yeah. 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 So tell us about this song because uh, Bowser is my probably least favorite character in the Mario oh. universe. Oh, Sylvie, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's this rap? I mean, he's he's trying to kidnap. The plot is he's trying to kidnap. Uh, he, Princess Peach. Yep. He's kidnapped yeah. Luigi, yeah. Uh, who's just nobody. Yeah. Um, and he's he's uh, the only funny bit in the film, I think, is that he wants to kidnap her, and his minions are all like, "Yeah," and he says, "And then we'll have a big fairy tale wedding." Yeah. And everybody is like, "What?" And yeah. that's the only funny bit. Yeah. Why? It, like yeah. the the only time where the the fact that we don't know why it's happening works well for the movie, and it's mm. it's funny because you're imagining this this evil turtle guy just really wanting a wedding that's his one purpose in life he's just love lawn yeah Yeah. he's misunderstood (laughs) and that's a pretty basic joke but it's a joke at least yeah and that's really the only one they go for Mm. it's such a shame because i think that now is a perfect time and perhaps why this film is coming out in 2023 we are so hungry for nostalgia Mm. um it's so comforting they but really are just we be- actually or are we being told we should be? Well, yeah. I'm wondering whether, though, it's a low hurdle. Like, nostalgia on a whole, it's pretty mm. uh, inoffensive. It's an easy sell. And, you know, you throw in a bit of structure and some familiar faces, you can probably get bums on the seats. And, and- this is getting bums oh, on the seats. Yeah. This is something like the second most successful animated film is opening really? of all time. Yeah. Yeah. See, this Huge. surprises me. I haven't heard many good reviews or positive reviews about this I don't think that matters. No, we're we're irrelevant in this, yeah. But I wonder, like, kids' films do uh, are considered at a, uh, what's the word I'm going for? We do expect more of kids' films these days. They don't have to be bad. Mm. They can be good. Well, Mm -hmm. Pixar has demonstrated that and we've also seen this kind of thing where they're thinking about, okay, the audience isn't just kids and we're assuming that kids are very dumb in this as well, um, which isn't fair. Mm. Um, You know, you think back to some of the best kids' films of like the 80s and 90s and I'd still happily watch them as an adult. Yeah. Um, It's a shame that just rather than throwing money at stars that there couldn't be more thought maybe put into making these just an enjoyable film to watch. It's not a big hurdle. No, I really don't think it is. I I can imagine a lot of kids will probably enjoy this, but I don't think it will endure. Mm. I think they'll watch it and I don't think they'll think about it much beyond beyond, it just reminds them of 
the cool stuff yeah. in the game. Like you could play the game or, yeah. And watch that's, this I movie. think, the only purpose of this. Yeah. Mm. They... I, I was just going to say, I think a lot of it is, is specifically crafted to appeal to the TikTok generation because the scenes are very short. They just end with sort of no explanation. Mm. They've got these very quick um, music interludes, uh, like they've got Aha's Take on Me. Uh, like for? like six exactly, but it was a viral song on TikTok. Oh, and that's it? why, yeah. And Seth that's Rogen's crazy. laugh was a viral sound on TikTok. So they have Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong and doing his laugh. Right. Um, oh, this is Donkey Kong. Yes. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Miss Cast, Roy, bring back Roy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we Do, want Roy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think kids would probably, you know, they deserve more. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I feel like, I, you know, I went in for fun. I didn't come out. I, I thought it was going to be fun. Yeah. I didn't come out feeling like I'd had any fun. I felt pretty disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like a big, huge Super Mario guy like like you are, Sylvie. But I, I, I yeah. was, you know, I was like, I, I love the games. I think they're very cool. And mm. it's, it's, a, it's a shame. And nostalgia. We, we Actually, Flick, when you introduced the film, you, you said nostalgia um, and joy of the films, the, the, of the games. <laughs> the games are so joyful. Yeah, mm. yeah. And nostalgia is all this really goes for. Mm. And it's just so hollow. Um, it's just lowest common denominator stuff. I mean, do we want more than just recognising colours and shapes when yeah. we go to the movies? Because that's all it's giving us. It's like, it's, that was a movie. Yeah. Yep. I recognise all happened. the characters from that. Yeah. It's such a Did shame. I, enjoy it? I don't know. It's yeah. such a shame, though, because it's a film where you've got, like you've both touched on, there's an audience there. There's people that will go see it just to see what it's like. And kind of, you touched upon this before, Sylvie. You've got a group of friends that were, you know, yes, you'd heard <laughs> murmurs yeah. ahead of time that, okay, this is, may not be that great, but you still went along. And mm. it's such a shame because I feel like there could be the potential to do something really good about this. I would actually happily watch a even a live-action uh, Super Mario Brothers film if it was good. You know, and it yeah. doesn't need a lot to be good. <laughs> oh, could, well, there's so much potential. Yeah, and this is what I wrote in my review. Like, there should be points where you can I- identify that a plot is happening because, you know, there's conflict and they either have to take that on board and learn something or they have to overcome it. And it's not just like like video game type conflict where, you know, the logic from games carries over into the film. Like, oh, you have to solve this problem. Now you're onto the next bit, like next level. You know, like they, there's no carrying consequence through the film, no, no and, character development. And people literally say things like, now we are going on to do this. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or like um, Fred Armisen, who's extremely bored. Oh, wait, as he's cranky, as Why is Kong. he here? Why is he <laughs> For some Kong? reason, he, he announces, he's just like, oh, well, you've got, to, you've got to fight my grandson, Donkey Kong. Yeah, why? And um, <laughs> I have put various power-ups around the arena so that you can, it's like, which just exist in the world, unexplained. <laughs> you just get well, just, bricks that shoot mushrooms out of so them. So the feeling yeah. that I left with is that I'm, it's like watching your brother play Super Mario. Yeah. And you don't have the controller. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. You, you, your turn isn't coming up. No. You're just having secondhand fun. Do you want it? <laughs> Are you even having fun, though, Will? No. <laughs> but again, that's... So you a know, bad like player the, watching a bad like, player play. Like, 
the TikTok generation, they, they also love watching Twitch streamers. They and do. they do just watch hours of... Like, my, my nephew is obsessed with Minecraft. He's never played it because he's, like, three. And he watches people on YouTube play it. So he's like, I love Minecraft. That's my whole personality now. Oh but he God, doesn't play right. it. He doesn't... They don't own the game. <laughs> to be, to be <laughs> fair, though, I, I as uh, one of the younger siblings, having lots of, lots of older siblings... So watching them play games, usually better than me, I don't mind that thing of spectator gaming. Yeah. I think, though, that like it seems a shame when you're not taken on a very good ride. You want things oh, done well exactly. if you're going to watch it for – what it goes for – it's a pretty short film, though, hour and a half, oh, right? Oh, it's like yeah. 87 minutes yeah. or something. Yeah. It's yeah. like – it's phoning it in, really, just this is as long as we can stretch this. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard the sequels. Is it oh, leaning towards I, the sequel? Yeah. It's made so mm. much money, there must be sequels. Okay. I think it's already in the bag. Yeah. They've, wow. they've got a post credit scene. Um, they've got major characters that were very obviously omitted – um, like Wario and Waluigi. Yeah. Uh, Extremely which, memeable too. Yeah. So they're definitely <laughs> coming in the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hope it's better, but uh, it's not it looking won't promising. Be. Who, who are we going <laughs> to we'll cast? We'll see it anyway. Who are we going to cast for Wario and, and Waluigi? Let, let's, let's, the most oh, inappropriate casting that we can imagine. I saw Jack Black wants Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's Internet's daddy, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. Saturday, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch a few months ago. Oh. With um, Pedro Pascal p- playing off his Last of Us oh, uh, yes. persona, yeah. like um, with a, it's like another adaptation of a video game, and he's playing Mario, this dark, gritty reboot of Mario. <laughs> yeah. And it was so much better than this. Oh, it was yeah. a joke, obviously. Maybe watch but... the skit then <laughs> instead of checking out the Super Mario Brothers, which is currently playing at major cinemas across Australia. You have been listening to Primal Screen on Triple R with Sylvie Van Wall, Wilcox, and myself, Flick Ford. Uh, before we wrap up for tonight, though, um, I feel like we, we just ragged on that pretty bad. So, what's some recommendations for people to watch? What have you been enjoying, Sylvie? Uh, okay, well, I watched a film last night which uh, I really loved. Uh, it was Tokyo Godfathers by Satoshi Kon, who did like Perfect Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not a, it's not a recent film. Um, is it streaming on? Something? I don't know. I think I purchased it. Yeah, to watch. Um, but yeah, so I can't really say like go and watch it. But if you Google it, I'm sure you'll yeah. find options. Or <laughs> um, an internet savvy people. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's really great, and it's apparently an homage to John Ford's Three Godfathers, ah. uh, which I haven't seen, but um, I found that really interesting. You know, like a really old Western film. Becoming a Japanese animation. Yeah, totally. Um, I think also yeah. sometimes when you've just watched a film and you know that it's a homage or it's got references to something, I then immediately want to then go watch that film oh, yeah, or TV show. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Will? Uh, a couple of things. I recently saw the film Living. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. With Bill Nye mm. in it, um, which is also a remake. Um, yeah. Of a Japanese film, actually. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a remake of um, oh apparently it's also inspired by the death and death of uh, Ivan Illich by Tolstoy, uh, Ikiru oh. by Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I haven't seen uh, Ikiru by Akira Kurosawa, but Living was was great in that very unthreatening British way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> great unthreatening British drama. It was it was it was well made. Great performance by Bill Nye. I really enjoyed it. That's that's in the cinemas now. Yeah. I was actually hoping that we we're gonna review it on the show, but we kind of missed the opportunity, unfortunately. Miss, missed the but window. This is a good little shout out to it. It was I, one that I was keen for. I really liked it. Amy Lou Wood as well, um supporting role. She's great. 
Um, she's from Sex Education. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. recognise the name immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Bill Nye's fantastic in it, playing an actual dramatic role rather than that kind of usual kind of <laughs> persona, you know. Uh, and and also enjoying the new season of Party Down. Oh, yes. So so I got into this show years ago and I remember just chatting to people and being like, oh, do you know this show? And I feel like so few people watched it. I think it was on SBS from memory when it I first came out. remember but it being on anything. Yeah, it was before kind of streaming was, was well into mm. being a thing. And so I feel like I could never find anyone who watched it as well. Um, but I'm so happy to hear that it's come back. Yeah, all the key cast are back. Most of the key cast. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan doesn't really show up. There's there's a couple of um, new people. It's 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 great. If you've never seen it, it's about people working at the very bottom end of the service industry and in, in catering for parties for far more successful people. <laughs> They're all aspiring actors. Uh, one of them is a TikToker. Um, you know, uh, one of them just wants to run successfully run a catering company, um, and they're all. Um, losers in their way but it's, it's actually it's got a lot more depth than this yeah. new season's great yeah i've only recently seen the old ones but uh, unexpectedly thoughtful i think about aging as yeah. well because it's been 15 years i think yeah. since the last one mm. and about you know existing at the bottom rungs of capitalist society i was watching the show when i was working heaps of hospo jobs and ra- lots of so many random jobs that Punishing. i did in my like late teens early 20s uh fish gutting uh wedding hosp- <sighs> like waitressing uh all sorts like literally everything so i really loved watching it on screen i, I honestly felt like when i watched it back then i just hadn't seen those jobs on screen and so I'm glad that it's back. Um, my hot recommendation, which isn't really a hot recommendation because it's like everyone's across it, but the latest season of Succession. I adore this show. I am stressed out every time I watch it, but I can't get enough. And I'm very excited to watch uh, the latest episode, which I'll be rushing home Going to watch. Home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on tonight's show, we did review uh, Beef, which is currently streaming on Netflix, and the Super Mario Brothers film, which is the latest instalment. You could go back and watch the 1993 one. It's on SBS On Demand. There you go. Ooh. They know. <laughs> it's a better film <laughs> it's got dinosaurs it's really weird but it's, it's a bit of fun worth checking out you can of course listen back to the show online at rr.org.au and while you're there please do consider subscribing or donating to triple r during april amnesty if you value independent community radio it is your support that keeps us on air every week uh thank you to luke lay for editing our podcast and doing the socials uh will and sylvie thanks so much for joining me tonight Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast version and feel free to get in touch via the Primal Screen Facebook page or the Triple R website. 